0: Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. My name is Sakun Wong and I'm the editor-in-chief of Football Garbage Time. And with me as always is my co-host, Adam Aniba from the Burgundy and Gold Report. How you doing, Adam?
1: Hey man, great! Starting off the week, uh, Tuesday show. Let's, let's get it yeah. started, man. Hey, we
0: like to mix it up sometimes, you know. To keep our list, together, you know, fresh. Right. <laughs> let me just, let me say that I am excited about the fact that the NFL draft is only about three weeks away, starting April 29th. But what's more exciting than that? Maybe it's a little bit more exciting. Was well, that crazy Final Four game between Gonzaga and UCLA? And I know we talked about this pre-show, but that last-second shot, the buzzer-beater—unbelievable, don't you think? Overtime, a last-second three for the win, instant classic.
1: I'll tell you what—you know, back when I was in high school, college, I definitely was—you know—following NCAA more. But since you know, there's a lot of more one-and-dones. Definitely yeah, not yeah. watched it as much, but you know to see that the last two minutes of that game, I just turned it on to see that buzzer beater. But you know what a what, what a way to end the season. And you know, know. too bad that you know they didn't they just uh, go all the way. But hey, you know definitely a great game for Gonzaga. Has been doing it for you know as long as I've been you know even when I was playing into it. But uh, yeah, totally, you know, congrats to them. But yeah, sorry they lost that uh, that, and that an undefeated that season so. that
0: was on the on the uh, on the ropes there. I mean, and they get that three, and then of course they wait They get annihilated by Baylor. So that was kind of a right. little bit of ahead for the watch the final four Ucla gonzaga game again or Justin Tucker wrapping fried chicken tough choice right
1: uh um. tough choice. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a good question. Um, yeah, it's a know. toss-up, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go with the fried chicken just because I'm a little more yeah, football these days than basketball. There you go. <laughs> go with the fried.
0: I always thought of the fried chicken. I know it, it's a tough one, but I always thought of the fried chicken. All right. Anyway, lots to talk about tonight, including the big trade between the Jets and the Panthers or Sam Darnold, the impact on both those teams, potential draft trades, targets, DIR prospects. Man, we got so much to talk about. Let's get this rolling. All right, the big Sam Darnold trade. So the Carolina Panthers acquired quarterback Sam Darnold from the New York Jets in exchange for a 2021 six-round pick. But that's not what they really did it for. They did it for the 2022 second and fourth-round pick. So as part of the deal, the Panthers are exercising Darnold's fifth-year team option for 2022. Darnold is still just turning 24 years old in June and may have some untapped upside being on a subpar situation in New York since he was drafted third overall in 2018. The Panthers still have the eighth overall pick, so there's still some, uh, some drama left in that draft considering uh, what Carolina might do there. But the Jets are sitting at the second overall pick, and, well, moving on from Darnold, pretty much locks in the fact they're going to draft a quarterback. Let me ask you first, let's talk about Sam Darnold and how this impacts him. So then I'm going get to back, get back to those teams. But what do you think about this for Sam Darnold? Do you think this is a good or bad move for Darnold?
1: I definitely think it's a good move because going to Carolina Matt Rule system with McCaffrey mm-hmm. there and, you know, what they have going, I think that they're going to be a very good team. How far will he go with them? I- I'm not sure. I feel like they still need to, you know, similar to the Jets need to put a bunch of pieces around him. I think they have a good start. They have a good defense. Um, it's definitely a better situation. From You know, sometimes you just need a fresh start. But yep. um, in the end, I think, you know, living in New York and following us, and we've been talking for a long time about what I thought the Jets would do. And
0: this is right, right on
1: par with what I thought they would do. So Carolina, I'll be honest, I, I think this was their plan C. I think Watson was their plan one uh, when yes. that started to fall through and not look good with the latest allegations. Um, yeah. and I think plan B was trading up for Lance, uh, Trey Lance from North Dakota State. And I think once they saw the dominoes start to fall, San Francisco trading up. They realize that at pick eight that they're probably going to have to use some assets that they want to keep, some draft capital. So I think they decided to stand pat and you know, you know, invest on someone that I think that they know um, has upside and maybe can you know, do something more for them. But I think draft capital, obviously, in my opinion, was very dear to them, and it, it showed what they were willing to give up this year.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And they really didn't give up much as far as 2021 is concerned. So, you know, congratulations to them. You know, second round pick in next, next season, that's real draft capital. We'll see what happens there with that. But let me ask you this question between the Jets and the Panthers. You know, they obviously have different ideas on where they want to go. And you said this is kind of a plan C, but who do you think won this trade? Well, you know, and of course, in the short term, you're going to say Carolina
1: because they only have to give up a six-round pick. But I think what you have to look at is what the Jets have started to accumulate. So now they have the Jets have seven picks uh, in the first and second round over the next two years. So seven total mm.
0: picks. And wow. on top
1: of that, now they have, I believe, what is it? <clears throat> Excuse me. They have the opportunity now to get their franchise quarterback in Zach Wilson because that's what we know right. they're going to do. They added Corey Davis in free agency. Keelan Cole, another underrated receiver from Jacksonville. You know, they have Denzel Mims returning. You know, I really feel that they're building something there. Mika Beckton is the star of the offensive line. So by building that capital up, even though it's for next year, some of that, I still think that if they find someone they want, They'll be able to you know wheel and deal and maybe use some of those uh, picks from 2022 because I think we're just seeing the beginning of these trades. It's not just about quarterbacks. I think we're going right. to see trades to the top ten, top fifteen, to first round, second round. That's how deep it is, and I think teams are seeing how close they think they might be with a couple good picks. So to me, it's no question that the Jets, in the end, when they get Zach Wilson, they're going to yeah. clearly be you know the the, the winners of this deal long term.
0: Yeah, so, that's, so that brings up a great question, because we, we definitely all kind of believe that Zach Wilson's going to go with that second pick. But what do you think, this? how does this impact the Jets' overall draft strategy? I mean, they were going to take a quarterback anyway. Now they have some additional assets, as you say, and they might be able to use that this year in some way, maybe to make some additional trades. But what do you think? How does this move impact the Jets' draft and free agency strategy moving forward?
1: I think now, you know, in the second wave of free agency, you know, they have to fill whatever holes they didn't fill in the draft. But I think for them, it's probably a really good strategy to consider moving back because I think that you can find pieces in the second, third, fourth round that can come and be day one starters for you. And, you know, their coach, he saw that. He knows that more than anybody when he was with the 49ers. So I think that that's going to be a decent strategy, you know, but, you know, the obvious, Mika Beckton's really, you know, all they can talk about. So O-line help, number one. If you're going yep. to invest in Zach Wilson, every, other, every quarterback they've ever invested, Sanchez, Pennington, they never <laughs> utilize all their assets to fix that offensive right. line. So I don't see free agency second wave being the answer. So I would think they're going to go heavy in that yep. department after taking Zach Wilson. So Because I think you have some weapons for him, and I don't think you have to reach on, you know, try to get more receivers, guys like that. I think you just solidify that offensive line for your franchise quarterback. <laughs>
0: Yep, I, I agree. And of course, Zach Wilson going to be really exciting. it be really interesting to see what he does when he comes to New York, if everybody is right in what happens in that second overall pick. Let's turn over to the other side now, because we get to look at Teddy Bridgewater. You know, he had a horrendous 2020 where he had more picks than passing scores, but he showed some flashes, and he had obviously lots of flashes before that. Now with the trade, the Panthers have allowed Bridgewater to engage in trade talks with other teams, and of course any trade partner would have to absorb Bridgewater's $10 million guarantee. So that maybe a little bit tough to swallow but if he doesn't find a trade destination the panthers are open to him returning so what what do you think here adam what teams do you think would benefit most from bringing in someone like teddy bridgewater
1: yeah i don't think anywhere that he goes is like you know day one starter i think wherever he goes it's going to be a battle even at that you know 10 million dollar tag but you know the obvious is Denver. That's everyone that keeps telling you know about them trying to move up. I do think mm-hmm. that they'll probably be able to move up, so I'll take them out of the equation because I think that they'll got to, they'll get an opportunity to look you know either Fields, Jones, Lance, which one of uh, which one of those drops. Um, and another team that people aren't probably talking about is the Steelers because I think with oh, Ben Roethlisberger. I think that, uh, you know, they brought Dwayne Haskins in. You know, I, I'll, I'll be honest with you, if they go to camp, and I'd be surprised if he ends up making the final roster. So I mm-hmm. think that's one. Um, but a dark horse that I have is the Ravens because oh, I wow. think that, okay. um, you know, this would be an opportunity for maybe them. To open up a little bit in the passing game and maybe with both of them on the team, they'll be able to get, you know, a little of the yin and yang. So that's my dark horse, but I just don't think there's going to be a big market for him. So if they don't release him, I I don't, again, I think they'd be lucky to get a 2022 conditional. I don't think they'll get anything real this year. So my guess is they'll probably hold on to him.
0: Okay, well, that's, that's interesting because I, I I know that they had immediately said that they're happy to hold on to him, and I think that's a good idea, honestly, because we, we know that Teddy Bridgewater still does have some upside, even though he had a very poor performance in 2020. But let me ask you this. This is per, more personal than anything else, but what about the Bears? Is there any possibility that he would be any benefit to that horrible quarterback room that exists right now? You know,
1: I think that if they – that would be the smart move. I I think they just seem to be going all in with, you know, a favorite (laughs) redhead, you know. Oh, my gosh. It it pains me to hear it. (laughs) But, you know, the thing is, it's all big talk right now. You just never know how the draft is fall. And I'll give you a name. You'll be – you know, some people might be surprised. He's actually going up a lot of draft awards, not mine particularly, but Kyle Trask is a name that really keeps Grant getting attention. And I could definitely see Chicago looking at him, you know, somewhere in that, you know, day two range that third round range if he's not scooped up earlier but yeah right. I, I don't see see that for the for the bears
0: <laughs> yeah no i i don't see anything it resembles anything fun to watch with regard to the bears coming up yep. the next season all right well you know that's that's interesting um about regard to bridgewater maybe he comes back i mean does this move uh, obviously it does but how does this move impact the Panthers draft and free agency strategy? Clearly they're all in, so to speak, on Sam Darnold because they brought him in. And if they get Teddy Bridgewater back, they don't need a backup, uh, presumably. But what do you think? I mean, they still have that pick um, at at number eight. So who knows? Maybe they still have a quarterback they can take. But what do you think? How does this impact their draft and free agency strategy moving forward?
1: I I think I lean towards what you're saying about they're probably not going to look at a quarterback. I think Fields with somebody that they were looking at. And I'll continue to say, I'm not as high as on a lot of people. So I top 10 for you know, field. And I'll even say it for Mac Jones. I'm just not high on. But I think that now they have the luxury to really go BPA. And you're talking about pick eight. You know, they can get, you know, top-notch receivers. You know, I say Kyle Pitts is definitely going to be gone. I think he showed that he's top five. But they have right. a lot of options there. And they're another team, just like the Jets, trade back. There's so much talent in this draft, trading back instead of getting, you know, one blue chip started right there. They could arguably walk away with three in the first two rounds if they really trade back, you know, five, six picks because there's going to be teams that are looking to move up to that eighth pick, not just for a quarterback. You know, Mika Parsons is really impressed. You know, there's a lot of prospects in the offensive line that are impressive teams know won't be there, and there'll be a big drop-off. So there will definitely be, you know, some room for moving up. Um, but the question is, will they see their guy there? But the, affecting their strategy, I think, that, yeah, I think you take quarterback out of the equation for sure now.
0: Yep, yep, and uh, it will be interesting to see how this works out. So let me let me throw out these numbers for you for Sam Darnold, and I'm going to ask you to tell me what you think. Is he going to do better or worse here? Because, you know, he had a couple decent seasons, um, and I say decent because he really hasn't started a full season yet, um, so it's hard to really gauge. In 2018, he, uh, had, he was in 13 games, had 2,865 yards, 17 touchdowns, 15 interceptions, not great. Uh, In 2019, 3,024 yards in 13 games, 19 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. Looked like he was getting better, but last year kind of fell off a cliff, only playing 12 games at only 2,208 yards, 9 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Do you think this is Sam Darnold, or do you think this is just the Jets situation that he was in at that time, and will he do better with Carolina?
1: Um, As of now, it's a little of both, so it remains to be seen. If he can go – to Carolina with the type of weapons they have, and he's still, you know, making bad decisions. You know, um, you know, not making his reach, Then you can pretty much see that, you know, sometimes that even, you know, the best talent can be, you know, shell shocked in a bad system. So, uh, you know, it remains to be seen. I'm, I'm going to lean towards. You know, more the Jets, the problem, because there's just dysfunction. They're living in New York. I talk to people every day, all the fans, and they tell me. So yep. I think in Carolina, I like what they're doing over there, to be honest with you. I like their coach. Um, I, I keep coming back to players out of Temple. I keep scouting players, and I find out they're at Old Mississippi, but then they came from Temple. So I'm starting to really gain a lot of respect for Matt Rule. You know, we'll see how he do, does this year, but having a healthy McCaffrey back will make a huge difference. <laughs> that, oh, that's no doubt. undoubtedly.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And let me ask you about one more part of the Panthers here. You know, they have offensive coordinator Joe Brady, obviously one of the guys, kind of pretty hot pickup from last year, coming right from the college ranks. You know, what do you think about his fit with Sam Darnold?
1: Um, I, I honestly think it, it, it's a really good fit. I, I like what he did last year, and I think that sometimes these quarterbacks need a guy that kind of understand what they've seen, what they've gone through, and I think that. When you watch Darnold and watch some of the good things he does, you can see he has the ability to read. He's a smart quarterback. You know his fundamentals aren't off. It's just you know he gets lazy when he get you know when the pressure's in his face, and that's mm-hmm. really what it comes down to. If you can teach that out of him. If you can, you know, really work on his footwork, because you can see in New York, they really did not work with his, you know, his footwork in a phone booth because, you know, it's not about being a scrambling quarterback. It's about, you know, moving around that tight spaces. That's why people are so high on Mac Jones, because he is actually pretty decent at that. So I think when he goes to Carolina, they'll have the opportunity to teach him. And I think that's what he didn't have in New York.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And of course, a lot of people remember him seeing ghosts in that Monday night football uh, game against the yeah. Patriots. It was not, not a good look, not a good look at all. And part yeah. of that was just his inability to kind of get out of trouble on his own. And, and that was partially his fault, but also partially that line, which was absolute Swiss cheese. OK, so that's enough about Sam Darnold. But since we're talking about quarterbacks, let me just quickly pop over. I know this isn't on our agenda, but Deshaun Watson, you know, so he's the big right. off-season news, and they're talking about how he wants to go, and there's all this discussion about how everybody was in, and clearly that was, um, that was plan A for the Carolina Panthers. Uh, there's a lot of issues here, clearly, that, that he's running into, personal issues. 22 women have sued him. Two have just went public. What are your thoughts are on what's going to happen to Deshaun Watson this upcoming season? Assuming he stays in Texas, do you think he's playing, or do you think he's going to move on to another location? Is, is Houston going to cut bait?
1: I think that this is going to be another situation where, where the commissioner commissioner will step in soon, probably post-draft, because they don't want any attention being taken away from that. So expect something post-draft, you know, an indefinite suspension with pay until investigation, you know, like you know, we, we've seen those suspensions last, you know, five, six months, sometimes as everything plays out. So that's what I'm expecting to see. And, I, and I've said it to a lot of readers who have asked me, you know, what do I think about it? And I, I think that Deshaun Watson should, should get up and talk we see so much of this where you know they say well my lawyer doesn't tell me to do this and and i get that but the court of public opinion is what matters in professional sports so even if he goes and it's not found guilty and there's questionable his career is going to be over so if he wants to salvage it in my opinion he needs to start getting out there talking about it if he did do something wrong and it and it's, it's not as bad as we think he needs to say something but in the current climate what's going on it's an extremely bad look and i think if he just sits there his career is going to be over but i think the texas they'll let this play out um probably through the season but i don't personally i don't think it's going to end well at all for him
0: yeah no i i agree there's going to be some significant questions up there no matter where he ends up playing if he ends up playing this upcoming season. So since we're already going around the horn on quarterbacks, let's just talk about Russell Wilson and just tie the bow on this because Carlos Dunlap was recently re-signed by the Seahawks, and he told everybody that he got assurances that Russell Wilson is going to be the quarterback of the Seattle Seahawks in 2021. And, of course, you know, Shane Waldron is now going to be calling the plays for Seahawks there, uh, a a Sean McVay disciple. So maybe Russell Wilson stays. I don't know. There, There really hasn't been a lot of chatter about this. Your thoughts on Russell Wilson?
1: you know and that's the thing if there was somebody in this draft where they could you know maybe threaten his position for the long term future maybe there'd be something to that but the, Seattle has no option. So I think this is – they probably came to some kind of agreement, you know, let's see how the draft goes, let's know go free, how free agency goes. Because I don't think it's a money issue with him. I think he wants to see them load the team with what he believes to be the talent that they should get. And, and and this and NFL, everyone needs to understand, especially fans out there, that these quarterbacks need to be involved because if you continue to surround them with talent that just doesn't fit their skill set – it's just not going to work. And sometimes, even the highest paid GM scouts, the best person to know is the is the quarterback. So I think that there probably was some assurances, maybe that they're going to build what he's looking for. You know, I would say offensive line if you ask me. You know, we've seen D, you know DK Metcalf that you've seen the contracts extended for the receivers. So I would say that he's probably looking for a real commitment to the offensive line. So I think that it'll play out, but this could come back if, if they don't make the playoffs and do you know make some noise. But in in the end, I think it'll be you know pretty quiet for the season from here on out about it.
0: Yep, I I, I you know I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. And I was very upset being a Bears fan that uh, <laughs> we ended up with not only a booby prize but just a booby. So that stinks, you know. Anyway, that being said, let's move on and talk about the Atlanta Falcons because there's been some talk recently. Um, and it's been reported by ESPN's Chris Mortensen that the Falcons general manager, Terry Fontenot wants to draft quarterback Trey Lance with the number four overall pick while head coach Arthur Smith still believes that Matt Ryan is their guy, at least for a couple more years. And that mean, and and in conjunction with that, Adam Schefter reported that multiple NFL teams have contacted the Falcons about acquiring the number four overall pick in the 2021 draft and moving up there, uh, presumably to pick up a quarterback, maybe Trey Lance. So, this is an interesting situation for Atlanta, and it could certainly change the way they approach things. So let me first ask you, should the Atlanta Falcons trade back from their fourth-round pick, I mean, a number-four overall pick?
1: Yeah. Right, and I think if you, if you really believe in what a lot of people are saying, you know, that Kyle Pitts is a generational talent, which I do believe because – you know, you want to look at that 40-yard dash. He was bobbing and weaving. Did, you could yeah. see he didn't practice for it, and he's still running sub 4-4. Four four. This guy's a freak. <laughs> know. You know, we talked about Vernon Davis, all the Under Armour commercials, you know, over a decade plus ago. This guy's a better prospect. So I think they probably – the question here is, are they trying to make a run, like we, you just mentioned, for a year or two? This is the guy you're going to do. it. You're going to have Julio Jones, him, at least for this year. I think that that's the most logical move. But – I do see a team like Denver uh, moving up a few. where are they at? So Denver right now, I think they're picking uh, – what do we have them at? Uh, we have them at uh, – okay. So I think that will probably cost them a lot to move up, at least probably next year's first round, second, third round, if I look on the, the chart. So I think Atlanta will hold out for whatever, you know, best package they can get in the scenario. But I think in the end they're going to go with Pitts. I think he's just, he's just too good, and I think you don't want to be that GM that passes on just a transcendent talent like him.
0: So you you don't think that they might decide to take it both, like get Trey Lance and uh, have him sit behind, um, set, have him sit behind Matty Ice for a year, kind of learn from him, so to speak. Maybe set them um set themselves up for life after Matt Ryan.
1: You know, and I, I've been so high on Kyle Pitts for a while now, but I think yep. after what he solidifies pro day, because you have athletes exactly that you can tell really trained and they put all of it. You can tell he's just stuck to football because just the way he went, it just looked effortless. It didn't look like he was training with Olympic, you know, Olympic sprinters with like a lot of them were. So I just think that they're going to look at this situation. Lance, I get I have him highly rated, but I have Pitts higher rated than him. So I think in the end they'll just go with the highest rated player on the board. Roll with um, Ryan for another year. And maybe they will look there. You know, there's a couple guys, you know, we'll talk about later on, you know, before the draft, you know, Kellen Maughan, you know, there's another couple guys that are in that uh, people talking about in the late second, third round now. So I think they can still address it, but they don't have to do it uh, with their, you know, their their top five picks.
0: Yeah, no, no, I, I absolutely agree with that. Let me ask you this question, though. Let's assume that the Falcons uh-huh. do decide to trade back. What team do you think is going to benefit most from moving up? And I know you already mentioned the Broncos. They're sitting at nine right now. Uh, you know, right. all these – anywhere anywhere on this draft board, people are going to have to pay through the nose to move up. It uh, doesn't matter – almost doesn't matter how close you are unless you're the Bengals. So that being said, you know, what, what do you think? Other than the Broncos, um, any other team do you think is going to really – would really benefit from just paying through the nose and getting that number four pick? Right.
1: Well, you know, it, 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 you talk about dark horses when I mentioned Baltimore, but, man, to me, the ultimate dark horse, dark horse is New England because I think that,
0: mm. you know,
1: they're not really putting everything in Cam Newton's box right now. They're surrounding him with talent, but, you know, behind them they really have nothing. So will they wait they their pick to come around? I don't think so because I think that they'll be looking at second, third-round talent at that pick. So I think that they're definitely a possibility to move up because I could definitely see if you can get a guy um, like Trey Lance um, that, that he yeah. ends up falling to that spot. You know, either one, if we talk, if Mac Jones drops, Trey Lance drops, those are the two I could see with New England. So if either of one, those two, I could definitely see them, you know, willing to mortgage it and move up because we saw what they did in free agency. You know, this doesn't look like two, three, four year plans to me. This looks like what they've got in place they're really making a run for the next two years, you know, even with, with Cam Newton or not, I know they're not going to count on him to get 16 games. They can't.
0: Yeah, no, no, no doubt. And it's really, really interesting. They actually, there was a, um, so the quarterbacks are just such an interesting, um, interesting commodity in football because you know, you don't really know what you have in them. And there was an interesting um, post that um, Adam Schefter put up earlier today, where he said that in the first time in the common draft era, since 1967, five quarterbacks selected in the top three overall picks will be playing for a different team next season. So Sam Darnold, moving from the Jets to the Panthers, Mitchell Trubisky going from the Bears to the Bills, Jared Goff, Rams to the Lions, Carson Wentz, Eagles to the Colts, and Matt Stafford, Lions to the Rams. So, I mean, some of those names better than others. (laughs) I can tell you that from personal experience. But that being said, you know, there's lots of movement, lots of possibilities here, and lots to keep our eye on as we get close to the draft. So um, before I move on to our last segment of the day, any other free agency or or that you want to highlight for
1: I'm sorry, you broke up right there. Can you say that again one more time?
0: Oh, yeah. Before we move on to our last topic of the day, we know that is. any other free agency moves or free issues or anything that you want to highlight?
1: Um, I kind of broke up a little bit there. Um, but, no, with free yeah. agency remaining. Um, I, I don't see much going on before the draft. I think we'll see a couple teams maybe already look to move up. Um, but I don't think it'll always be quarterback. I think, you know, when we talk about Chase, um, we talk about uh, Devontae Smith, we talk about some of the prospects, Mika Parsons. I think we'll definitely see some, you know, trade before, you know, we come around to the draft at the end of the month. But I think free agency will pretty much be quiet until we get to that point, though.
0: Right, right. Now, that, those are all – I think that's going to be really interesting to see how it works. We're getting really close, less than, just over three weeks away, I should say, uh, until we get there. So lots of stuff can happen, but there, I agree a lot of things are probably going to be put in hold, which means that we get to that part of the day. That's right. That's my favorite part of the day. It's the DIR prospect of the week. All right, Adam, lay it on us. Who do you got for us this week?
1: Uh, this week we have Quintero hold, uh safety from Alcorn State. Um, he was 2019 uh, 2019- HBCU All-American, um, just like many others, uh, in 2020 elected for COVID to train for the NFL. But prior to that, um, he was also preseason all swac first team, top 25, FCS, interception interceptions with 0.4 port, uh, interceptions per game. So this guy is a ball hawk. In 2019, he received first time first team honors with five interceptions. Uh, right now. He's viewed as a developmental prospect in the uh, strong safety hybrid range, but he is viewed as somebody mm-hmm. that can come in and sub as well. He actually, since stepping on the field in 2019, he's recorded seven interceptions. So this is a guy that we're going to keep our eye on on the later portion of the draft. If you're a team, you're looking for that special teams guy, you're looking for that ball hawk that you can you know, maybe come in. A lot, of, a lot more teams are running those three safety looks. Um, Quintero, Cole, uh, safety, Alcorn State. He's another HBCU All-American um, that I'll be featuring in a mm-hmm. future article. But no, this is a guy uh, we definitely need to keep an eye on because, you know, like I keep telling everyone, you know, the draft isn't about the first, second, even third, fourth rounds. You know, you start to really right. get into the meet in the fifth, sixth, seventh, and undrafted. These are a lot of the guys that build that team from, you know, from 35 to 53. So these are the guys definitely need to uh, keep an eye on coming into the draft.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I got to give you a little bit of light applause there because this is some fantastic work that Adam is doing. Go check out all of it at the burgundyandgoldreport.com because it's not just for Washington football fans. It's for draft fans. And you get more exciting informational news, just like we talk about every week. But, hey, man, I'm learning so much on the DIR Prospects of the Week. I, I read it before. Hearing it now is fantastic. And these little snippets, these are, these are winners here, everybody. All right, we got down to the end of the show. It's time to hit that air horn on the show. That's all the time we have. Adam, what do you have the promo for us this week?
1: Uh, well, we just released um, our latest prospect card. Um, which was one of our receivers that we looked at for a day three sleeper um, out of Houston. His name is Marquez Stevenson. Um, check us out mm-hmm. at burgundyandgoldreport.com. He's the latest prospect card. Uh, like I said, he's, uh, we've been sharing it on social media. Um, returner, burner, just a guy that you get. No, I don't want to say too much so everyone can go check it out. But we will have another <laughs> one dropping um, very soon. Uh, working on that. Um, I'll be jumping on the urban sports scene after this uh, to talk about some left yes. guard situations in Washington. Um, but after that, yeah, Kenny Oboa is our next player uh, for the Ole Miss uh, tight end, F move tight end. Very excited to drop that prospect card. But yeah, theburgundyandgoldreport dot Come check us out. Follow us at the burgundy. Uh, excuse me, at the B and G Report on uh, Twitter.
0: Yeah, and definitely go check out the Urban Sports Scene podcast. Wole, Ray, Wilty, all those guys, they are fantastic. They are right, They're definitely, if there's any podcast that I would listen to other than our own, it's the Urban Sports <laughs> Scene. So go check that out right away, and definitely check it out because Adam's on it, so you have to check <laughs> it out now. That's a, that's, a, that's a twofer right there, everybody. It's a twofer. Go do it. All right. Well, you can follow me on Twitter at FB Garbage Time. And once again, thank you all for listening and wasting time with us. Until next time, enjoy your NFL week.
1: LDC. <laughs>